everyone and welcome back to another episode of the corner guys boxing podcast today we have a special episode focusing on the pac-man thurman pay-per-view coming up this saturday as always this is thomas trambox along with my co-host tim rivera what's good people and also we have a special guest joining us today marquise johns what's going on everybody and marquise will take a second or two out to tell you about his website uh podcast things of that nature and then we'll dive into the pay-per-view Absolutely. I work with the fine folks at BigFightWeekend.com is my website, talking all things boxing past, present, and future. You can find me on Twitter, arguing with people or anybody else talking boxing on the internet, at Week Sauce Radio, all one word, and pound for pound, the best Twitter handle out there. I challenge anyone on this. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll take, a, take a search around Twitter, and I'll, I'll accept the challenge to find someone else. But uh... Done. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to break down the card. We're going to start with the off t well, on TV card, the non-pay-per-view card, with the heavyweight fight with uh, Effie Ajag. I'm bad with some of these familiar names. Ajagaba is facing Ali Iran Demirzan. It doesn't really matter what his name is. I watched some video on him. I don't think this one goes past two rounds. He's 11-0, which looks nice and will look nice on Ajaba's record, but... I think this is over in one round or two after watching some clips on him. Uh, how do you feel about it, Tim? I mean, it's over in two rounds, man. This, this, uh, there's only one true Nigerian champion, man, and it was Sam Peters. God bless him. Shout out to Sam for signing him. I mean, this is just a showcase fight, man, as it usually is when some uh, heavyweight is coming up. You know, I expect him to blast him out. You know, he's on a big card, and... Uh, it's good for him, man. He's going to blast him out. I saw a little bit of this kid, too. This kid is fucking terrible. You know, it's, it's going to be a, a very quick, quick fight. Yeah, I think uh, Ajiba opened up around negative 1,600. Right now, he's around negative 3,600. So it kind of shows that everyone else is on board. When I looked at the um, Demerson, he kind of reminded me of a worse version of Sinan Samil Sam. If anybody remembers the heavyweight a few years back. What do you feel about it, Marquis? Man, you guys are giving this, this this guy credit. I haven't seen anything on him. And from what I've gathered from what you guys are telling me, uh, a jog butt just been blowing people out the water. So it's two round knockout sounds about right in regards to what he's done. Hopefully this guy actually stays in the ring, unlike some of his other competition where like the Florida Bell ring, the guy's just starting to storm out. So we'll see what happens with that. But I don't expect it to last longer than two to three rounds. Funny story, Curtis Harper, actually a few months before that fight, I believe it was his girlfriend because some of the websites you can still see my boxing manager email up and she emailed me um, that, you know, Mr. Harper is looking for fights and need help finding fights. And that just proves one reason why I got out of managing because if I would have picked up on Harper (laughs) and that happened. (laughs) But uh, were you going to say something, Tim, or? No, no, I'm just laughing at that shit, man. That's okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's one reason why I got imagining. So we're all in agreement here that this fight's probably over within one to three rounds. So if you're betting, I would say look for a prop for him for one to three rounds knockout. That's probably your best bet is what I would think. And up next on that card on the free TV will be Caleb Plant defending his IBF 
super world middleweight title against Mike Lee. Personally, in my opinion, I think Plant should dominate a 118-110 type decision. And there's also the chance he gets Lee out of there. My only fear that he wouldn't is just that Plant's really not a big puncher and Lee's coming down from 175. So he may be the natural bigger man in the ring. But I think skill-wise, you'll see that Plant is a few levels above Lee where I wouldn't doubt around the eighth round or so Lee was looking like he may be tapping out soon. What do you think, Marquise? In regards to this fight, I don't see any other way. I, I think Plant sweeps us flat out. Like, like you said, 118, 110, 118, 109. I, I think Plant actually drops Lee at some point in this fight, somewhere in like the middle rounds, mainly because I don't see Lee being too much of opposition for Plant in regards to this. I, I just think this fight for Plant is just a stepping stone for uh, whoever comes out of the whole Benavidez, uh, Darrell, and all that, that, whole, that whole circle of friends in, in regards to the, the next fight up for him. But this is just something for Plant to do in the meantime on the big stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. His last fight, he actually dropped Uzagataki. Uh, I can't pronounce uh, Uzagi, it. Uzagi, I want to say. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's a Greek sauce or something like that. Tuzaki, right? Yeah, it sounds good <laughs> enough. But uh, he dropped him. I think Plant dropped him twice early. So I'm thinking if Plant could drop him twice, he <laughs> should be able to get Lee down a few times. Because Lee really hasn't fought any opposition as close to Plant. And what do you think about it, Tim? Uh, it's a clean sweep for Plant. Uh, I think Got the potential to probably be the most boring fight on that card. Plant just, he's going to run away with it, man. Lee hasn't shown anything in any fight justified that he's going to win a round or compete in any stage of this fight. So I I go with Plant all the way. I'm going to go by decision, though. I don't think he's going to knock him out. So I'm I'm going Plant by decision. Yeah, Plant right now is negative 1,600. Mike Lee's plus 1,100. So you can't really make much money unless you think Lee's going to upset Plant. So then you're kind of looking at, they don't have really the props to the fight out, but if you think Plant's going to win by decision, which we kind of all concur, you could try to look at the odds on that. Or if you think Plant can stop Lee, which I think there's a shot on it, you can kind of look for maybe that 7 to 12 range prop where I think he wears Lee down and Lee realizes he's outclassed and he kind of taps out. And that would conclude the free TV fights, which I kind of like when pay-per-views actually give the free TV. Um, not that these are the best fights, but you're probably going to see an exciting knockout. And hopefully Plant steps on the gas and realizes this is a really, really good spotlight for him. And he takes Lee out too. But I wish more pay-per-view cards would give you these fights beforehand to kind of motivate you to, to buy the card. Not that this card is bad. It doesn't need much motivation. But for a casual fan, maybe you know, a big heavyweight knockout in the first, second round would, you know, make you press that purchase button. How do you guys feel on that? No, there's no doubt that you're right, bro. No doubt about that. Yeah, the, the, the pre-fights for these on, on three Fox TV really aren't the worst that they could put out there. I've seen some uh, top-ranked cards where you, you look at the numbers and it's like, they they got this guy sanctioned? and But this isn't that bad compared to those. And Actually, with Plant on this, I really think Plant's going to steal the, the spot on the free TV show. More, more, more impressive personally, just because of the way he boxes, as opposed to just the, the quick three-round stoppage of, uh, of L.A. Uh, beforehand. Yeah, it's a really good chance. And like you said, for the fights, they, they're not bad for something for free. I mean, Plant is an IBF major title holder, you know, the super middleweight division. It's a major belt. And you get a heavyweight prospect, too, is exciting a lot. So... I mean, for something for free, I, it's not really too bad. They could have done a lot worse. I've seen worse Showtime cards than those. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've all seen worse Showtime cards this year by far. 
not not too bad of a job. Then when you enter the pay-per-view, you're going to get Lewis Neri going against Juan Carlos Payano for the WBC Silver Bantamweight title. One of those mythical things the WC makes up. Neri's a pretty big heavy favorite right now. He's 3,400 on my site, negative 3,400 with Piano being plus 1,700. You can't really make much money off here unless you're going by Neri and a knockout prop. Uh, I think he does knock Piano out. Uh, the Monsto over in Japan took Piano out in one round, so there's going to be pressure on Neri to get him out of there. It may not be one round, but I'm thinking this looks like a three, four rounds. Uh, maybe, you know, Piano can kind of take the air out of the ball a little bit, but eventually Neri's going to wear him down pretty fast and start catching with some big shots, and I just can't see it getting to the middle of the fight. What do you think, Marquise? I think the same way with Neri, because Neri's style is just that he just attacks and just attacks the body to the point where he, people just stop, drop, and quit. And with that, and he's facing the same guy that that the monster took out literally in, in easy work. So I really think this this fight may have the knockdown of the night, personally, for my opinion, if I had to guess. I didn't realize that he was that much of a favorite. I, I knew he was up when I last saw it. I didn't realize he was up to the point where it's it's almost untouchable. But I, I don't I see by about with way he fights about fifth or sixth rounds. This this will be wrapped up by then. Yeah, I think Neri opened up about about same as planned. It's around negative sixteen hundred or so, which is still kind of steep. But you know, maybe you can parlay it with something, you know, something like that to drop the odds down. But yeah, he he shot up. He more than doubled uh, his price. So everyone I think kind of knows that Neri's the man. Actually, looking at my index of sites, the lowest he is right now out of like twelve sites is negative one thousand nine hundred sixty-six. <laughs> wow. Which I don't know how they got that odd number of nineteen sixty-six, but apparently they did. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Any different from us? Uh, I'll say this: Nary is gonna is gonna win, obviously. You know how how I think of Nary right now is there was a, a time I think when uh, Anthony Joshua beat Charles Martin, right? <laughs> and I was thinking I don't want to watch anyone else uh, <laughs> face Anthony Joshua than Deontay Wilder, and that's how I think of Nary. I want the only fight I want to see is in, him taking on this Japanese kid. Any other fight really don't count for any of them so let them get past that let them you know it if that fight never happens then that was a tragedy for boxing yeah it'll be one of those lost fights um i mean going back lewis bow even sooner you had uh, when gambo and uh lopez were the big things and yeah. top rank with that one uh, even now, Josh and Wilder, I mean, it should happen, but you never know. So I, I really wish boxing and it seemed to kind of be doing it now with the light heavyweight unification and Spence and Porter, where the the big guys are, you know, seeming a step up and fighting each other. And that's definitely what the sport needs. So hopefully Nary and the monster get in relatively soon, because right now, I mean, who else is them for them a face that's going to make the public, you know, interested? Exactly. Is there any other fight with Nary or the Japanese kid? Where you're like the opponent or the opposition has a chance against either of them right now. Yeah, at bantamweight, personally, I don't see it at all. I don't. I don't think there's anything besides besides those two for Neri. I, I just wish they'd hurry up and find something for him just in the meantime. But what 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 this what this fight with Neri? What I wonder is because he's such he's that much of a favorite. Do you guys think there's a small chance? And this bizarre small, bizarre chance because usually when numbers are that boosted up, is there any bizarre chance that Pavano has any shot in this fight? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking chance. And it's, it's nothing against Piano. Piano is. He's not a bad fighter. I mean, if you take away the Inua, 
knocking him out in the one round. He's his resume is not really bad. I mean, he lost to Rasheed Warren, um, and he beat Rasheed Warren. He beat Moreno uh, off the top of my head. So he's not a bad fighter. I just, like we've been saying, I think Neri and the Monster are the top of the weight class. Like, the Monster is supposed to be fighting Donair soon if they get a date. But Donair is way past his prime. And, I mean, how bad is that fight going to get at a certain point? Yeah. And then up next on the card, we have Sergey Lipinitz coming off his stoppage of Lamont Peterson. And Peterson also retired. Lipinitz came out and said that he was going to retire another fighter. In John Molina Jr. Oddwise, we're looking at Lipinets at negative 1375 on my site. Molina plus 900. Also, myself, I like five dimes. Tons of sites out there. Uh, the lowest I see Lipinets at is negative 950. And I see the highest one site has them at negative 2000. So I honestly thought the odds would be a little bit closer. Um, how do you see the fight going, Tim? Uh, I think it's going to be the fight of the night, to be honest. I love how John Molina always fights these guys who are going to give him a war. You know, and he always seeks them out. I see him on his Facebook. He's, he sought out uh, Omar Figueroa. Uh, you know, he had the fight with uh, Matisse. He had the fight with Peronlikov. I see Lipinus winning this. I'm going to go by knockout. Uh, Molina got a pretty sturdy chin, but I think I, I, I see this going... I'm, I'm going to go with the eighth-round knockout for Lipinitz. All right. What about you, Marquise? You know what? I got Lipinitz as well. I got it by decision. I think Molina's going to be able to, to, to exchange more with him as opposed to when Lipinitz was facing uh, Peterson, which is – by the way, that, that's one of my favorite fights this year was that one with the way they were just – just phone booth action, just, just going at it. I think we're going to see more of that as well with this one. I just don't think Molina's is going to go down as easy as uh, Peterson finally did after taking about 400 shots to the face. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of stuck with, I mean, Libanets looks like he'll be the winner unless he gets caught in an exchange because Molina does have the power. I remember a few years back, I'd bet uh, Molina to stop Mickey Bay, which was one of the most exciting fights I was cheering for because if yeah. anyone remembers that fight, Bay was outboxing the pants off Molina into that last round and Bay just got tagged. But again, that was back, uh, I would say, six, seven years ago at 135. So now when you look at what Molina's done lately, I mean, he did stop Red Cash a couple of years back, but Molina was also down and hurt in that fight. Uh, before that fight, Crawford, he's, well, obviously Crawford's easy going to outbox him and stop them. So I, I would say I don't think Lipinets is going to take a lot of chances just because he can box. And has the power to keep him at bay coming in. I mean, you'll see a little bit of action, you know, toe to toe. But I, I, at least if I was in Lipinets' corner, who I believe Goosen is uh, training him, I, I wouldn't tell him to sit there toe to toe. So I'm kind of thinking 117, 111, 118, 110, uh, good outboxing. But there's a chance that he could wear down Molina because Molina does have a lot of lot of tread gone in the tires i think he's 30 mid 30s 35 36 and a lot of pro fights and a lot of wars in that style so it wouldn't be out of the question of Lipinitz to to stop him either Let's you know you brought a good point I, I didn't realize this actually i forgot about that Lipinitz is managed by goose and that means on the broadcast he won't be there to yell at uh, lennox lewis during this fight so i wonder what they're going to fill in uh, seat wise on that so that's that's going to be interesting I, I know they're doing this whole round table thing where they got uh, everybody on pbc's roster showing up for it I forgot all about that goose. Is on, he's he's going to be in this corner for this. Uh, hmm. It's going to be good yeah, to know. I'm not really too much of a fan of Goosen as an announcer. I don't think he's terrible. I just think he's a little 
negative and sarcastic at times. I don't know how anyone else feels on him, but uh, there's uh, there's worse out there. He's not the worst out there. That there's definitely worse. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's 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 a lot that I mean, it doesn't take much to be a boxing announcer these days. <laughs> <laughs> and going up the car next, we have the main two bouts, which are getting close to fifty fifty. Yugas will be fighting Omar Figueroa Jr. Yugas right now is negative 470 on my site. I thought it'd be a little bit closer. Uh, Figueroa is plus 375. It's going to be for WBC welterweight eliminator. Yugas is coming off uh, the Porter fight where a lot of people thought he won. It was definitely close. And Figueroa is coming off a closer than should have been fight with Molina. How do you see this fight going, Marquise? Uh, on this one, actually, I think Ugas got robbed in that Porter fight, honestly. I don't know what they were seeing scorecard-wise, but at the end of the day, Porter won, and, we, and here we are. Uh, I have Ugas just, just the way his style is. Uh, my thing with Figueroa on this fight, and the thing that we I was speaking with friends earlier this week while we talked about this, was what version of Figueroa is going to show up? The, the one that was that held Molina very close or the one that had just been blowing out people? And the way he looked when he came into Vegas, like he looked like he was shaping ready to go, so... This fight, for me, actually is going to be the five tonight, and I think this is going to be a lot closer than what it was. I, I can see it's going either way, but I, I have Ugas by decision. Yeah, I, I was talking to Tim about that earlier with um, with this fight in the main event. It it really comes down to, I think, how the fights go with, like you said, what version of Figueroa shows up and what version in the main event Thurman shows up, which we'll touch on later. But I've seen Figueroa, I've actually talked to him years back, and he just seemed... I guess I guess nonchalant was the best term. Like he was into video games, and not that there's anything wrong with being in video games, but it seemed yeah. like that was more weight to him. Like what games coming out next month, and whatever fight that was. I think that was uh, maybe around the Abner Cotto time frame. It was like 2013 or so. What version of Figueroa comes up? Is it the world win we saw against Robert Guerrero, or is it the John Molina Jr. where you just kind of going through the motions and you're just there just to be there and you edge it out regardless of what the scorecards say, you know, so it, it's definitely going to be interesting. What do you think, Tim? Well, I, I'm going to say that uh, I don't think you guys and Porter was a, a robbery. I think it was a pretty close fight. And you can't, you can't call a close fight like that a robbery, but what I will say is that, you know, I heard from both of you, this, this different version of Omar Figueroa, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out in what fight, exactly you know if you bring up robert guerrero like guerrero's old as fuck man like i don't see, I don't, I don't see how, i don't see how you could say that um you know that it's not a different omar figueroa he fights the same way his brother is way more motivated than he is i you know i thought he lost to john molina to be honest so it's just it, it, to me it's like i have you guys winning this fight i never been impressed with Omar Figueroa. I, I remember this fight where I think he lost this fight a, a long time ago against this. I think Jared it was on Belmontes. There, yes, yes, there you go. Beautiful. So he lost that fight, got the decision. He just doesn't do well against boxers. Um, I don't think that Figueroa has ever really been anything but hype, you know, that was produced by PBC. So, no, I see you guys win this fight. It's just the bottom line to me. I mean, I'm going with both you guys, too. I think you guys, by decision, I think Figaro's chin's good enough where you guys isn't going to stop him. The only thing I, I just maybe, like you said, Tim, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, we're just seeing things that aren't there with Figaro. But if a really motivated version of Figaro shows up and a version of 
Ugas, let's say the one that fought, I brought up to you earlier, Tim, the one that fought Thomas Delerme, if it wasn't for those two knockdowns, granted Delerme and, and Figueroa are completely different types of style-wise, but if it wasn't for the two point deductions or the two knockdowns Delerme st- uh, had early, Delerme wins that fight. It's mm-hmm. not out of the realm of possibility. You guys, I mean, you know, he had the stoppage of Ray Robinson, which is impressive, and the Porta fight was impressive because that's really close. You could go either way. But he all and the Jamal James was an impressive win when you see what James has done recently. But this is also the same guy. Granted, it was a 140, maybe it was a weight issue, but the Amir Imam, he, he clearly lost. He lost the fight before that with a guy that, you know, was brought in for Yugas to beat. So you don't really know. Listen, I, I see your point, Thomas, but, you know, that's like bringing up the fact that someone like, you know, Tevin Farmer got five losses. You know, it's like the man's been real. You guys has been really good lately. Yeah, but you know, the Delorme fights. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Delorme fight was only two years ago. And I got I got I got a question for you as far as Figaro and his motivation, even a motivated Figaro. What is his ceiling? Like. You know, it's a motive, a motivated figure. Is he going to be a, a, a world stopper? I mean, I think he just is what he is, man. He's a, he, he got a good chin, but he gets hit a lot. You know, I don't think he is the strongest fighter in the world. So what, what is his ceiling? Even if, even if he is motivated, what do you think about that one, Marquise? You know what? That you bring up a great point, Tim, with, with, with Figueroa's ceiling. I think his ceiling, we're going to see it, because I think this is going to be the one fight that we all are going to assume he's motivated for. And I personally, I don't know if it's going to be anything that's going to make us all change our minds, per, uh, world, anything world-beating-wise, but I I would like to see it being a little more spirited, I guess, per se. But no, I, I think for what we're going to see ceiling-wise is going to be this Saturday. That's it. Yeah, I pretty much concur. I, I, I'm still thinking the odds... Odd-wise, I mean, if you're going to bet, I would think Yuga's decision's the way to go. And if you're looking for the underdog pick, I mean, right now, Figueroa is plus 375 outright. If you think he can outwork Yuga's for a decision, I mean, that's – I don't have the prop odds in front of me, but that's at least got to be plus 500, plus 600. I mean, if you think that Figueroa has a shot, you know, this is a time we can throw 20 bucks on him and win back 120, 140, something of that nature. He definitely got a shot. He definitely listen. I, I'm shitting on him, but he's an undefeated fighter with a good chin. He definitely got a shot, but I just think you guys is uh you guys are gonna take it by decision. I, I concur. I mean, the safer bet with the way he's looked recently and the way Figueroa's looked recently in the last couple of fights, I would say you guys too. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Figueroa pulled this out. That's just what I'm kind of thinking. You guys, I mean, he's been down a few times in his career. Not to say his chin's terrible, but, you know, he has been down. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the odds are a little bit too wide in this. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I, I would take you guys by decision because that's what my logical brain says to do. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if Figaro can find a way to pull this out. I'm rooting for him because he always seemed like a, a good kid, you know, so I'm rooting for him. And if I tell him maybe, like, I can get him a copy of Last of Us 2, or like, after this weekend, if he won – I bet you would see like the best version of Figaro ever come out there and just absolutely wax Yugas in like four rounds, probably. <laughs> it's a good game, though. I, I, I can see that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. It's supposed to be, I think, February, March of next year now, I heard. So they, they keep pushing it back again. I thought, I thought the game was already out. No, no, Last of Us 2 is still waiting. And here we go into our video game portion of the show. We cover all aspects of life. But, uh, <laughs> 
It's supposed to be out, uh, I believe, next year, February, March. Well, they definitely got to put out next year because the PS5 is supposed to come out in November. So I think The Last of Us 2 will be the last major standalone for the PS4, or at least one of the last, last two or three big standalone games. So they got to put out before the PS5. They I don't play. really play video games, man. I'm sorry. Ah, well. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You're missing out on a world of excitement. And you're, you're, least, missing, you're, you're, you're missing me yelling at kids on Madden, man. You're missing some fun stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I try not to even play online anymore these days because there's so many Don't. <laughs> I, I really just, I, I don't. I, well, I play some of the survival games online because you can kind of get a community of players and they're usually a lot friendlier than, you know, 12-year-old Billy living in his grandmother's basement telling me that my mother's fat or something like that. It's like. Go fuck yourself, Billy. Yeah, that's, yeah, Billy's a pain in the ass, man. Especially he's from that fade around. You just want to go for the TV screen. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and that takes us to our main event. If there was ever a truer 50-50 fight where I've heard different opinions for a big fight, you know, this is one of them in recent years where I, everyone seems to be split. You have Pacquiao and Thurman. No need to really introduce either fighter and what they've done. Anyone really listening should be ultimately familiar with either fighter. Um, but how do you see it going, Tim? I mean, they're going with Pacquiao's legacy in this fight. I see how it's 50-50 some people, but Pacquiao's hands now, you know, they're slow nowadays. I think you and me touched on this before, how, you know, Broner wasn't even fighting him, and he won in my on my scorecards. He won three rounds against Pacquiao. Jeff Horn was the worst champion in modern boxing history. <laughs> um, he he won at least four to five rounds. I thought Pacquiao won that fight, but he won at least four to five rounds against Pacquiao. Keith Furman is younger. Keith Furman, I believe, is faster. I actually think Keith has a pretty good chin. I mean, he took a fucking hell of a shot from Lopez. So I'm going to go with Keith Furman by 11th round knockout in this fight. Oh, interesting. What about you, Marquise? You know what? I'm biased when I say this because I've been hanging around with Furman for media days and everything else, and I've been hanging around Dan Birmingham training and all that stuff. He, he's pretty much, I'll give you guys the inside scoop on what they're going to do with uh, Pacquiao. They, they, they've been bringing Sal Paul's in. They brought like four or five guys in Sal, to fight him, Sal Paul, to see if he can switch angles and, and, and keep uh, Pacquiao's speed at bay or what's left of it. And Dan, Dan Birmingham's words, not mine, because the, the trash talk in this fight has been actually very entertaining on so many levels. It's just because Keith Furman's been like the best salesman for this thing, and more in recent memory for boxing personally. I have Furman actually by eighth round stoppage, only because what what they what Furman has told me at Media Day and what Birmingham has told me just just scouting wise, where they haven't figured out with Pacquiao, where they 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 don't think Pacquiao's hands can keep up with him at this point. Uh, granted, and the one thing they did mention, and I mean, he took a shot from Lopez, and Furman will tell you that too because he took a shot. But the one thing that Furman will back up and tell you also is that he didn't go down, and he took about he says the fight out. He, he hit me three or four good times, but I was still standing. And he dropped him a four course beforehand in that fight, and when a fight that was actually really not that close at all. And the one thing I realized that with that fight, and I think how Furman's going to stop him is that he's going to be able to counter him and catch Pacquiao to the punch. And it's what I realized seeing talking, keeping those guys. And as well, I was watching late last night. Uh, Teddy Teddy Atlas break the fight down, and that, that whole weird, you know, where he stands next to some other guy punching at him, kind of fake stuff. Looks, looks kind of weird. In the way he broke it down was pretty similar to what Dan Birmingham was teaching me. So if I, I'm going with those two, and I got Furman by stoppage like the eighth or ninth round. Well, apparently we're all in the same boat here, so I'll change one of my picks. But I'm with everyone here as well with Thurman. Like Tim said, I think 
they're going on Pacquiao's legacy, what he was. Uh, to me, Pacquiao hasn't really looked good since the third Tim Bradley fight, and that's going back, uh, what, three three years or so ago, three-plus years? Yeah, it's been a while. You know, I think the it was horn- 16, so about three years, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> Horn fight, you know, he was bullied in. I thought he won, but, I mean, Horn is Horn. We saw what Crawford did to Horn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Matisse was just there just to get one retirement payday. Broner, as Tim pointed out, did really next to nothing on his scorecard, won three rounds. On the official scorecard, two judges gave Broner four rounds. And that's Broner doing next to nothing. Nothing. So if you have an active guy like Thurman, and also I think everyone's kind of down on Thurman with the layoff and the Lopez fight. If the Thurman of old comes back, the Thurman that fought Porter or Garcia, you know, if that Thurman is still in there, Thurman, in my opinion, stops him catching him coming in. Not exactly as clean as Marquez did, but I can see him catching Pacquiao jumping in, who only fights in spurts these days. He dances around, jumps in, throws a few punches, goes back out. He's only a spurt fighter nowadays. So all Thurman has is 12 rounds to, you know, catch him in one of these spurts coming in. And Pacquiao, his hands aren't as quick. He throws a little bit wider these days. And, I really think Thurman gets him out of there, and I'll say in the last third of the fight, I could see it. I don't know. Just even with the odds, everyone's kind of going Pacquiao right now. My book has negative 155. Pacquiao opened up as his underdog. Thurman's plus 145. So Thurman by knockout has to be a decent uh, prop play as far as, you know, return for the money. Well, here's the thing. If the key Thurman at Fort Porter and Garcia shows up, then Pacquiao has absolutely no chance in this fight, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the the fight with Lucas Matisse. Pacquiao was giving that man a thorough beating. It took him. It still took him seven rounds to take him out. Pacquiao does not have that hand speed that you said. I think he actually has really, really slow hands nowadays. This is a perfect opportunity for Keith Furman right now. Perfect opportunity. He caught Pacquiao at the right time. Uh, I'll throw in real quick. What also worries me is that I think it is officially signed, the Pacquiao-Khan fight in November. Because if that's officially signed, to me it just looks like Pacquiao's just, one, looking ahead, and then two, is he just on a retirement tour at this point? Because let's face it, if Thurman blows out Lopez, and whenever he dropped Lopez, I think the second or third round, whatever round that was, if Thurman, blows out, yeah, if Thurman blows out and stops Lopez, this fight's not made. Pacquiao's Absolutely. only taking this because he thinks Thurman – is just there for the big payday, and then he's going to dance off in retirement. Absolutely agree, 100% on that. You know what? Funny you mention that. I, I just spitballing here because I, I really don't. I think just Amir Khan was just trying to put his name out in the paper because he had, he had nothing else to do this week because he had to he had to fight uh, Billy Deeb, who came up two weight classes in, in the uh, Saudi Arabia show, which was a. Have you guys caught any of that? By the way, that was a total dumpster fire on so many levels, from the fights itself with Samuel Peters being. Being horrific to Khan facing Deeb, who shouldn't have been there, to Rick Ross and Tiger performing. It was a freaking circus. But let me let me tell you, I rather <laughs> I rather fuck a girl with full blown AIDS than watch that fucking part. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how you really feel. But but I'm 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 guessing here. I think. Just just to say, because Khan's looking for apparently Khan's looking for paydays, and I think Kelly Brooks out, so he has, he has to find the next man up. And who better than Pacquiao if he takes an L uh, to Furman, right? 
It makes it it makes sense on paper that in his mind he, he held a press conference for it. I, I would love to know why we would hold a press conference and they're no selling this on the other end of it. Like, I mean, you can just say it's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. But say, for example, Pacquiao somehow pulls this off and we get a the layoff version of Keith Furman. How much of that will slow down this welterweight division in regards to the next man up? Because essentially, we're all going to assume that the person's going to fight the winner of Spence uh, Porter, right? And we're we're all we're all going to assume that Porter's going to lose and it's going to be Spence. Like, is is that, is that essentially what this fight's going up to be uh, down down the line, just the chain of command? Well, oh, you want to answer that, Thomas, or you want me to? Answer? I'll, I'll go first. Go I don't I don't think that. That Pacquiao's going to fight Spence because I think he knows that he'll get a really bad beating. I don't think he'll fight Crawford either. I remember a while back. Um, yeah, Crawford's Roach, out. <laughs> yeah, a while back, Roach was saying about um, other welterweights in the division. And he had said something about Crawford. He compared, so I think it was uh, Mayweather with power. And uh, he was asked who's going to take over the division down the line. And he didn't know Spence's name, but he said uh, the guy, the the kid from Texas, which would be Spence. Spence. So he's had really high praise on both of those guys, but he never really had much praise as far as Thurman. And this is even going back a few years back. So I, I think I don't see it happening just for the fact I think Roach knows it's just a big L unless they're just doing it for the money. But I, I think that. They'll milk Pacquiao out a little bit longer where the con fight over in wherever they put it in Middle East somewhere, it'll make money and they'll maybe give Pacquiao one more fight where he can make a little bit more money and then maybe cash him out at that point where he really takes a bad beating. But I, I don't see it happening next because, you know, Spence to me walks through Pacquiao. I mean, yeah. he just he beats the brakes. I'm thinking sixth round, maybe even earlier stoppage. I don't see how Pacquiao even gets close. Spence can jab. Spence's footwork is underappreciated. Spence stops him. And then where would the public be for Pacquiao at that point? So maybe it happens, but I don't think even now it won't be for another year or so where they're going to try to get Pacquiao a few more paydays and a little bit more to add to that legacy before he takes that one really badass whooping, if he does take it. And what do you think on that one, Tim? I think, uh, Marquise, your question was, if Pacquiao won- wins, does it slow down the welterweight division? And uh, I don't think it does. You know, if he wins, man, he wins. Fuck it. But at the, <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the day, the pyramid is – the top of the pyramid is still Spence and Crawford, and that's not going to change. All these uh-huh. other all these other people are just pawns right now. They're just characters, you know. But, if you know, if Pacquiao wins, I guess he, he fights Khan, and I, I don't – I think – I mean, Khan fucking sucks, man. He sucks nowadays. So I see Pacquiao. Sadly, I actually see Pacquiao beating Khan, you know. But it doesn't stop anything because at the end of the day, no one. It's gonna be Spence and Crawford. Whenever that fight takes place, that is, that is the fight for the crown, man. Like at all these other fights, if Pacquiao wins, he's not gonna face Spence. He's not gonna face um Crawford. Crawford. He'll probably face someone like Danny Garcia or some shit like that. So you know it. it it's a guy who's going to win that has no effect on who is eventually going to be crowned the best. And that's between Crawford and Spence. Yeah, I like that point, Tim. And you are correct that the main guys are, you know, Spence and, and Crawford. It just I think a lot of fans, once they see Pacquiao win, they're going to want to see him fight Spence or fight Crawford. And God forbid if they have another Mayweather fight, I'm just going to shoot myself. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, 
I could see the buildup for that happening. If Pacquiao beats Thurman and then Mayweather comes out and they have a part two and they milk that out. And then he wants to fi- uh, just, I see the fucker. You already at foot. Oh, yuck. <laughs> and nobody needs that in their life. I don't even want to dignify that with a response. I got nothing. I, I just hope that I really hope Pacquiao loses the two avoid any any of that dumpster fire, or any of those a world apocalypse scenarios, because that just does not have to happen at some point. Oh gosh, no. If, if the boxing gods are listening, let Thurman win somehow, some way. It's all we ask. But I think that covers the pay per view. Uh, we seem to all kind of, without really discussing the picks, went with each other's picks. So you know what? I'm gonna trade my pick of Ugas, and I'm gonna go with Figaro. Damn it, I'm gonna go Figaro. Somehow, decision, late stoppage, going with Omar. Wait, 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 wait. I, I mean, you, I, I can see the knockout, but you think that Figaro has any chance of outboxing you guys? Outworking him. Not outboxing, per se. I think if Ugas gets drawn into the Porter, see, the Porter fight was odd because Porter decided he was the late great Pernell Whitaker, rest in peace, Pernell, where he was yeah. a boxer. You know, Porter, you're not a fucking boxer. And he did the same thing with Garcia early. And then once he did the brawl and mall, that's when he was winning rounds. So to me, at least that shows that you can get inside and you can outwork Yugas because the rounds Porter did that, he was effective. And Yugas didn't really box too much. He kind of stayed there and, and tried to, you know, outmaul the mauler. If he does that with Figueroa, a motivated Figueroa is coming in, actually has some steam in his punches, has a good high work rate. I could see Figueroa maybe outworking Yugas. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And like I said, if you put a gun to my head, I'll go Yugas. But since everyone has the same picks, I'm going Figueroa, damn it. That way I can go back and say something if he wins. Fair enough. But yeah, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't see him outboxing Yugas. And I think that's going to be the, the issue with this fight, personally. I, I just think Yugas is going to just sit there and just box, box him out the gym. But I do wonder, out of all these fights... The one fight, if I was the, the, the so quote unquote take back and wish anything disastrous happened, say this this plant Leon free TV ends up as a as a majority draw. Uh, how how bad would that look? <laughs> it, it, it's like even if Plant was to lose or have a draw, they would still give it to him because he's the PBC fighter. I don't know who Mike Lee's with, but someone. If, that's all I know. <laughs> He's with Jared. So even yeah. if they had to rob Lee, they would do it. So yeah. I, I can't see – like out of all the fights, I would say obviously Pacquiao can beat Thurman if the unmotivated I'm halfway in retirement Thurman shows up. And I could see mm. Figueroa beating Yugas if a really motivated Figueroa comes up and Yugas fights the wrong fight, gets drawn inside a little bit too much, doesn't try to move around. I could see that happening. Molina – if he catches Lipinets with one of those power shots that every now and then he brings out of the closet, there's a really, really long, slight chance that that could happen. But I can't see Piano, Piano Lee, or um, the other guy, the heavyweight, I can't see any of them winning, personally. I, I can't gotcha. find any avenue that they win. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I mean, if, if, if Mike Lee gets... Uh... <laughs> A majority decision after winning zero rounds, then you know, <laughs> fire those, fire those, <laughs> fire those judges for real. Yeah, the, I said, I said reps, but yeah, fire those judges. 
Yeah, I'm, my, I'm, I've seen some bad decisions, but it'd have to be really bad for them to give Lee seven rounds. I, I can't picture. Lee's not the worst fighter in the world, especially for a guy that has other avenues. I mean, he had the counting, I think, degree and things like that. So there's other things he can do besides box. But when you look at it, uh, he had a majority decision a few fights ago. Um, he, the last fight against, I think it was Hernandez, was pretty close. It was like 7-3, 6-4. And these are guys that are just, you know, nothing against God, them. Like, yeah, they're D, maybe C minus level guys. And you're, you know, having really good goes at it with them. So the only way that I don't see Lee getting stopped and him being a little productive, at least being from 175, if he can contain and hold that weight over to this fight, Maybe he can kind of lean in on plant, wear him down, get him tired, win a few cheap rounds. But even with the cheap rounds, you know, we're talking, you know, you got to win a lot of cheap rounds to win seven rounds legit. And then for PBC to give you a decision, we're talking, you got to win nine to 10 rounds. And I, I, that just, I can't see that happening. Moment of silence. I guess everyone agrees. I got nothing. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> All right. Well. There we go. There's, uh, you know, a few other off-TV fights. No one are really any great importance. But, you know, they're on the card for people that get there early. You know, they're going to be able to say, hey, I was on a major pay-per-view card. And maybe you'll see highlights of a knockout or something like that. But overall, it's a great card. Next weekend, we have the Hooker Ramirez, uh, the August 3rd fight with the heavyweights, Ariola and um, the Polish kid. That's going to be a fun watch. September 28th, they sign up the Porter Spence. And October 6th. 17th or 17th one of those dates 19th one of those dates is the light heavyweight unification between better beef and Gavad, Gavad, that's Zek. the at that's the AT. Yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be amazing I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to find a way to get to that fight because that's that's one of the few ones actually i want to watch <laughs> yeah it's in uh, i think it's gonna be in philadelphia oh nice i mean I'm, that, that's 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 cheap travel from this neck of the woods that's good that's good to good that's good to know yeah they announced it uh today i, I put up on the facebook page i was lucky enough to catch a little blurb on that and threw it up on a Facebook page for the 176 followers that have gotten the Facebook page. <laughs> you got to, you got to start somewhere on the Facebook page. One Absolutely. day we'll get a website, but um, yeah. So also uh, worth note, we're going to do a contest uh, for the podcast here. Every big fight. I want to try to do it, but since we have two fights close to each other, I'm going to kind of combine both fights basically with the Pacquiao Thurman and hooker Ramirez. The contest goes as follows. You're going to have to pick the winner, which is going to be a certain amount of points. Then you're going to pick knockout decision, which is going to be a certain amount of points. And then you're going to pick knockout. What round? We're going to give you a three-round cushion. So if you pick seven, you really are getting six through eight. You're going to get, you know, a three-round cushion there or decision. And also, I'll put this on the Facebook page. That way, you know, it's going to sound like a lot, and people will probably rather see the, the written part of it. Decision-wise, a close decision is going to be 1 to 10 points. So the combined scorecard is going to be 1 to 10 points. So if Pacquiao has, you know, 116, 112 twice, that's going to be 8 points. And if Thurman has, you know, 115, 113, it's going to be a 6-point total. So that's how the point system is going to work. Wide is going to be 11 to 20 points. And blowout is going to be 21 plus points. So basically, for those two fights, if you email us at cornerguys at yahoo.com, that's cornerguys at yahoo.com, email us your picks between the Pack and Thurman, the Hooker Ramirez. Again, you're picking the winner. You're picking if they won by knockout decision. And then you're picking 
the knockout round, you get a three-round cushion, or the decision, close, wide, or blowout. Just remember, close is 10 points is under, wide is 11 to 20, blowout's 21 and more. And we're going to probably get a gift card of some certain denominations. Not going to be too much because, you know, we just started up and we had no sponsors, but we like giving shit away. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have a, a virtual gift card. That's why we need the email. So if you email us, cornerguys.com, uh, after the Pacquiao-Thurman fight, I'm going to put up all the tally of points. I'll put on the Twitter page. I'll put on the Facebook page. And uh, on the next show, I'll also mention it. That way everyone knows where they are in the standings. Our Twitter page, for people that don't know, well, at least my Twitter page is T-Trambox, T-T-R-A-M-B-X. It's not as cool as Weak Sauce Radio, but <laughs> I just uh, shortened my name. So we're going to put it up on there, too, as far as the ruling. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll see how many people enter. Gift card, like I said, it's probably going to be for Amazon since that seems like something where everyone can find something that they like. And it's not going to be too much, but it's going to be enough where, you know, you can get a couple of downloadable CDs or I still say CDs because I'm old school, you know, some (laughs) digital media or old boxing tapes or whatever the hell you want to get. But basically, again, I'm going to put the contest up on the Facebook page. I'm going to put up on Twitter and anyone that wants to um, join is free. Just email us your picks for the Pacquiao Thurman, the Hooker Ramirez, and, you know, we'll log you in and we'll keep a hold of the scores and by the hooker Ramirez on that Sunday or maybe Monday, we'll have an email sent out to you with your gift card. So there you go. Trying to spice things up and make the fights a little more exciting for people. And Tim Rivera will be paying for that. So on that note, uh, Marquise, <laughs> Marquise, it was great to have you here. Um, you know, we always like special guests, you know, we are more than welcome to come back anytime that you want. It's great having you aboard, having the inside knowledge, especially you being down in Florida, having knowledge with the, the Thurman camp a little bit more than us. So it was great to have you here. Whenever you want to come on board, you know, you're more than welcome to come back and you can plug away. So the mic is in your hands now, sir. Absolutely. So appreciate you guys. Uh, also, uh, yeah, glad to come on and talk with you guys. This is fun. fun. Uh, once again, the Twitter handle for me is at Week Sauce Radio, all one word. Still one of the best pound for pound Twitter handles out there. I'm just always I'm going to say that till I till I'm blue in the face. This is the way it works. Uh, also, bigfightweekend.com is where you can find all my boxing writings, musing rants, opinions, views, reviews, recaps, anything regarding boxing, past, present, and future. Also, I use as well that the Twitter handle at bigfightweekend. I run a podcast every so often. I think ours is dropping this Friday. Where me and uh, TJ Reeves, we break down the fights as well. He has random guests on. We, we harass uh, media members as well uh, just to, to break down the fights, get their perspective, and see what they know that we don't know. And that's what we usually do. That's that's a bit from me. All right, Tim, you got something to say on the uh, outro here? Absolutely, man. Shout out to Cletus Seldon. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Marquise for joining us. Um, shout out Appreciate to it, man. Shout out to uh, Mike Lee, Girls with AIDS and all that shit. <laughs> and then to get back to the girl with AIDS comment, is that sex during her period when you have cuts on your penis from sh- shaving too close? Or is that just protected sex? Or is that, you know, unprotected? You got to explain a little because I, I have to know the, the factor of you watching it or not. <laughs> Man, I sure. don't. <laughs> <But> go ahead. <laughs> Let me explain it. Like... <laughs> And is it also is it HIV positive or is it like full blown, you know, you probably have like a like, month or two like left. Freddie Mercury's last day AIDS like that. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> oh, wait, wait. Shout out to the Charlos. Shout out to them. Shout out to the Charlos, man. I can't, oh, I can't uh, go show. Shout out to Adrian Broner and all that. No, fuck, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that concludes this episode. Uh, again, thanks to Marquise for being a special guest. We hope everyone out there enjoys the fights this weekend. And we should have our next show up uh, Monday or Tuesday covering this weekend's fights and the big Hooker Ramirez fight. Everyone take care this weekend. Enjoy the fights.